Actually, I've been in school all my life. In 1880, shortly after the Civil War, a small group of people settled in an area of northeast Texas, about an hour outside of Dallas. One of the men suggested that they open up a post office and put their little town on the map. But in order to do that, they needed to name the town. The man who had suggested the post office was named William Lafayette Brown. He wanted to name the town Brown Springs. But the townspeople weren't too fond of that idea. Besides, there was already a Brownsville, Texas. His wife proposed that they name the area after Lafayette's nickname, Fate. And so the tiny town of Fate, Texas, was born. About 50 years later, the roads and automobiles connecting Fate to bigger cities had grown more accessible. Now people could go to places like Roy City or Rockwall to shop instead of Fate's local markets. Fate's economy started to decline, and with it, its education. High school grades had dropped significantly by the 1920s. In 1923, a little girl named Doris was born in Fate, and so began a life that would change countless others. Well, as, as I, said, I think I was born to be a teacher okay. because we played school, right? you know, the, after that. And, yeah. Uh, Everything revolved around school after we right. got in school. Okay. I would guess it was fate when I walked into the principal's office as a new fourth grade student at Rockwall Intermediate School. That principal was Doris Cullens, who would eventually become my neighbor when I was a young mom. On this episode of Kava, we will learn about the namesake of Doris Cullens Elementary School and her career as administrator. And you grew up in Fate. So what was that like? Very small. Country town. Had a square, like the squares we have there. Right. And uh, that's where the stores were. Okay. We had two grocery stores. Wow, two. Right, one across the street from the other. And and then we had a barbershop. I think it must have intrigued me. Uh (laughs) So uh, Fate was small, but we had four churches. Oh wow! So we were uh, we were a nice little community. In fact, I thought I'd never live anywhere else but Fate. Right. You know. So yes. And so, did you go to school in Fate? I did. Okay. And we had a our school was uh, it's no longer there, but it was a two story brick building. Okay. Uh, the uh, we had a kindergarten through tenth grade. Okay. And then it dwindled down. Uh, as the years passed, I went through uh, school in fate through the ninth grade. Okay. And then I had about 10th and 11th grade, I went to Rockwall. Okay. We had a choice. We could either go to Roy, Roy City or we'd go to Rockwall. Okay. But I chose Rockwall because I have family. Okay. You know, that from Rockwall. Doris's choice to go to Rockwall instead of Roy City was the choice that would one day bring our life paths to cross. And what was what did you study? What did you like at, in school? 
I really like English and geography. Okay. I think geography was my favorite. I don't know whether they got the social studies now. Right. Right, but we called it geography. And so that, do, do you remember any of your teachers? Yes, I remember all my teachers. You do? <laughs> Who was your favorite teacher? Uh, well, uh, my favorite teacher, she was a young lady from Greenville. Okay. And her name was Miss, Miss McNatt. Okay. Uh, she uh, she was young, black-headed, and I think I was in the fourth grade. I loved my fourth grade teacher, too. I remember her, and she was young, so I get it. <laughs> but uh, the first grade teacher was, uh, well, she was, her name was, I mean, we called her Miss Aline. Oh, okay. And I've forgotten her last name, but she uh, was a fate citizen. Okay. You know, and she was real sweet. And Miss May Vernon. Yes. Uh, the school. Well, right, the school's name Miss for Smith. her. Well, I was in second and third grade. Uh, when I was in second grade, I was in her class. Oh, fine. So she was more, this other teacher uh, was a older, I mean, higher grade. Right. I think she was fifth grade. Okay. But anyway, Miss May, of course, has been my favorite all the years, oh, too. sweet. I love school. Mm -hmm. I think I played school. I think I was born to be a teacher. Right. So that's, um, that's wonderful. So tell me, what is your first memory? Well, I think the thing I remember best, uh, I was almost four. Okay. And uh, I had a twin sister. And so we lived, of course, in the big house. Right. And we went upstairs to mother and daddy's bedroom because I had a big closet. And we set up a barber shop in the closet. I remember distinctly moving some things around in the closet so we could get in there. I don't know why we just didn't do it in the bedroom, but we <laughs> didn't. But anyway, and uh, I cut Dot's hair. I, I love mean, it. Uh, it really, I gave her a good haircut. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and she had to wear a cap. <laughs> she, she didn't have any hair when she was born, and I had hair. And I had this thick red hair, and here she was, bald. And so she wore, basically, she wore, I think, uh, the cap for a month before oh. it all grew out, you know. That is and precious. I'm, I'm not sure that I was punished. Right. But uh, I think they kind of thought it was cute. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> that's sweet, good parents. So that's, so that's, it. that's it. But anyway, so I don't know whether I thought I'd be a barber. Right. But I, I didn't I didn't get the idea after Mother and Dad took care of me. Right, right. <laughs> I think they laughed, you know, but they didn't, uh, that I would do a thing like that. So you have a twin sister, and then you have some younger siblings. Yes. And how many siblings do you have? Well, I have a sister that's six years younger than I am. Dot and I were the firstborn. Okay. And then uh, I have two brothers. Okay. A brother who was 18 months younger than we were. And then I have a younger brother. Well, he's not young anymore. Right, but right. anyway, so there were five children. Wow. So um, when you were little and you came home from school, what did you do in the afternoon? Uh, we lived uh, exactly a half mile out from Fate. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a square at the end of the square 
on, there was a road that went to our house, and then it turned back okay. this way. So we were a half a mile, and uh, I, you know, walked to school sometimes. Okay. In muddy weather, we had a Shetland pony, oh. and Daddy led us, led the pony, and he had three kids on the back of that pony. Oh. <laughs> uh, Jimmy was 18 months younger than we, okay. but he was as tall as we were. Uh-huh. In fact, people thought we were triplets. Oh, I bet. But, you know, and I'm sure Mother and Daddy felt that way, but... Uh, and I thought I'd never would live anywhere else. Right. So after school, you would walk home, and would you play? Uh, in your... pretty weather, we okay. walked home, and there were several children that lived beyond us, so we kind of played around on the way home. Okay. But other than that, and of course, in bad weather, right. and we lived on a muddy road. Okay. Daddy would bring that Shetland pony up, put three of us on his back. Oh, my. <laughs> I was country. <laughs> yes, that's awesome. That's good. That's good stuff. Did you have chores that you had to do after school? Did they? Did you have any chores or anything that your parents? Uh, after school. After school. Well, we always changed our clothes. Okay. And then uh, we got into play clothes okay. and we played. Of course, having a brother and my you know twin sister, there were always three of us right. around. Uh, Catherine was younger, and mm -hmm. Clyde, my brother, was younger. Okay. So it was like having two people uh, around you all the time. It was my yes. sister and my, my twin sister. Yes. And my brother. You were never lonely. You yeah. always had somebody to always play with. Always had somebody. <laughs> I do. That's fun. I think my graduating class had about 35 people. Wow. We were very small. So is that what, um, so after you graduated from high school, Rockwell High School, what did you do then? Uh, I went to college. Okay. Uh, it was East Texas State Teachers College. Okay. It's now Texas A&M. Yes, ma'am. I know where that is. Commerce, okay. so that's, uh, did, did you live there? I lived there. Okay. So you lived in a dorm. I was really excited about going to college. Okay. And uh, living in the dorm. Okay. And the dorm we lived in was you. It was the first year it opened. Okay. When back in uh, 1939. Wow. That's when I graduated. Now, at that point in 1939, was that typical for a young lady to go away to college? Yes. Okay. So gr most of your, like, the girls that you knew, y'all went to college, and that was... There, there were several of okay. my class that went to East Texas. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, some some of them commuted because okay. it wasn't that far. I got right. about 40 miles. Yes, ma'am. And then, But I lived in the dorm and okay. loved it. And, of course, my twin sister was my roommate. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> so, in fact, we roomed together uh, okay. all four years in college. Okay. Doris attended East Texas State Teachers College at a historic turning point for women in education. From 1930 to 1940, the number of female college students increased by more than 700%. By the time Doris enrolled in college, women's suffrage was just two decades in the making. The 19th Amendment, which had given women the right to vote, had been passed by Congress in 1919. Twenty years later, women were still unable to serve in governmental positions that would allow them to earn more rights for their gender, but they were able to get their education. 
Women like Doris saw this as an opportunity to influence the world, starting with the classroom. And what did you study? Elementary education. Okay, so that's what what you decided to to be, was a teacher. Well, actually, I took the basic freshman course. Right. And then I wasn't quite sure, but I thought I wanted to be a teacher. Okay. And uh, I love my teachers. Right. They were really orientated on education for children. So uh, so I, I never did go to summer school. Okay. I went four long term, in my long term, four okay. years, and stayed at East Texas. Okay. Uh, and you, um, so did you graduate in four years with a, like, did you have a bachelor's of science? Or? I didn't get my master's until okay. I had married and had my baby. <laughs> okay. Okay. And, and then, uh, well, I took some extension courses. Okay. The professors from East Texas came out to our school. Oh, okay. And offered, you know, courses. Okay. And we took whatever. In fact, that's really the reason I was I was eligible for a principal or okay. administrator. Okay. When I when I got my master's. Okay. Because uh, the courses that I had in the, my early days of my extra work, uh, we had uh, teachers. They offer whatever they offer. That's what we took. Okay. And some of them were administrative. Okay. So, in fact, I was shocked. I had not even thought about ever being in uh, administration. Okay. I just thought I'm a classroom teacher. I love it. And it was hard for me to say, yes, I'll take principal. Oh, how Because I like my little cluster. Where did you meet your husband? High school. Oh, y'all went to school together. Okay. <laughs> school, yes. Oh, I didn't realize uh, right. that. Okay. Uh, but we had a lot of years of courting, so to speak. Okay. Uh, the war years came. I okay. was in college. Okay. And during the war. Okay. And he was uh, in the Navy. And, of course, he was over there. And he was, uh, we did not marry until after he got out of okay. service. And he was on Wall could I out for four years. Oh wow! So uh, I was—I was an older bride. I was almost thirty. <laughs> oh, that is young. That is very young. So wow! So he was gone for quite a while. I didn't realize that he was—he um, was in the navy. That's um, thank you, thank yeah. you. I mean, for and then he that. worked for Ford Motor Company. Okay, and so you married, and then you had a little boy. One child. Yes. <laughs> I should have had more. Because <laughs> <laughs> he, he's wonderful. Doris's career in education flourished, and it took her to many different classrooms where she met many different kinds of students. During these years, she learned just as much as she taught. So you uh, you were a classroom teacher for how long? Mm, a classroom teacher for, well, I was... Uh, I started teaching in 43. Okay. So that meant I was in college. Okay. From uh, high school, college. Right. From college to the classroom. Okay. And so I was class education for 42 years. Wow. Now, that includes my uh, principalship. Okay. You know that. In fact, I... uh, I started teaching in any in any Texas. Oh, okay. But it was rather strange. My sister 
knew she wanted to be a teacher mm -hmm. immediately. And I wasn't quite sure because I had worked in uh, at the agriculture department of, of, at the Rockwell Courthouse. Oh, okay. And I liked it. It was my first job, $60 a month. Oh. <laughs> but anyway, uh, and so I wasn't sure that I wanted to you know, be a teacher. Mm -hmm. But anyway, Dot got this job in Ennis. Okay. So when she began August, I thought, you know, maybe I better teach. Mm -hmm. But my daddy and mama just left it up to me. You, oh. If you like your job mom do this, you can. Right. Otherwise, uh, your sister's going to be teaching in Ennis. Oh. So uh, I, uh, just before school started, I thought, I think I do want to teach. Uh -huh. So I, my sister had already been hired in Ennis. Mm -hmm. So I went uh, uh, up to Ennis and then I applied in Palmer, which is small. Thing, right. Thing. And uh, I got the job there. Okay. And in the meantime, a vacancy occurred. School had not started. Had occurred in uh, the, uh, Ennis in uh -huh. fourth grade. Oh, okay. So they called me, and they the two superintendents had talked, and uh, Palmer would release you, mm -hmm. you know, and you right. could teach in Ennis if you like with your twin sister. Oh, fine. So I chose to go to Ennis uh -huh. because it's the largest school system. Okay. So Dot and I talked together. You know, she had sixth grade, and I had fourth grade. Okay. And then uh, she moved to Royce. We came back to Rock Royce City. Okay and talk together. Oh, fun. But, but it was fun teaching with her. Yes. I mean, she had third grade, I had second grade. Okay. You know, so. And you won't believe this, but in our day, we taught as many as 40 kids in one class. And that's that. Wow. Teachers couldn't do that today. No, that is a lot of people. It was, but, but the children were different. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. You can agree. <laughs> I can see that. So um, when you had that many students, was it one grade? You had the whole grade? I had a whole grade. Okay, so like you had... I yeah. was, uh, in other words, I was second grade teacher. I was fourth grade teacher. Right, for everybody from and Not this. always. Then I came back to second grade. Okay. And I taught second grade for about seven years. Okay. And then... Uh, Walter and I lived in Rockwall. Okay. And I decided I needed to get into Rockwall schools. Okay. So I applied, no vacancy there. But then when one occurred, a teacher okay. thought she was pregnant. Uh huh. And she resigned. And so I got a fourth grade okay. position. But listen to the story. And this teacher wasn't pregnant and she wanted to come oh. back. Uh oh. And the, and the uh, superintendent came down to talk to me. And I said, well, I will not take fourth grade. I'm not going to take Peggy's fourth grade that she thought, you know, she needed right. to leave. And uh, I took seventh grade teenagers. Oh. Wow. I, I thought, I, I thought <laughs> my students were taller than right. I. <laughs> okay, but I, uh, I taught one year as a seventh grade teacher. But I liked it. Oh, you did. But I really wanted uh, fourth grade, mm -hmm. and I uh, teacher resigned, oh. and I got fourth grade. Okay. So I taught fourth grade for years okay. in Rockwall. So after teaching second grade, then third grade, and then seventh grade, 
Doris finally ended up as a fourth grade teacher. This is where she stayed for years and years. I had the chance to speak with one of her fourth grade students, who has since grown up and become a teacher herself. Her name is Shelly Bennett. So tell me, you had Miss Cullens as a fourth grade teacher. Yes, I did. So I had to, we had just moved to Rockfall in like January of 1973. So I came in the middle of the year in fourth grade, and Mrs. Cullens was my fourth grade homeroom teacher. And of course, back then I had her for all classes. And I remember coming in, and she had that beautiful beehive hairdo. I love it. Um, on top with the <laughs> uh, with her dark rim kind of cat eye glasses, and. Um, I was pretty shy and pretty timid back then, and I always remember being so scared that I would disappoint Mrs. Cullens and that she would have to call on me. Mm-hmm. So, um, But we had an open classroom concept back at Dobbs Elementary at that time. Dobbs was the only elementary school at the time. And yes. um, so you would think that in that type of, of setting that there might be chaos because you right. don't have any walls. but. You know, um, leave it to Mrs. Collins to make sure yes. that everyone, and students and teachers, were in line and that there was yes. no chaos. So it was, you know, that was a, a great memory and a great experience with her. Doris was, in fact, such an extraordinary teacher that one day the superintendent called her into his office. And that superintendent called me one day to come over to the office. We needed to talk to me, and I said to my principal, but I'm teaching. He said, well, I have somebody to cover for you. Okay. You go to the superintendent. So I did, I did, and he offered me the job. Oh, wow. Of opening the intermediate school. We were taking the uh, fourth and fifth grade out of That's elementary mm-hmm. and putting them in the inter- intermediate school. Right. And so I was that principal. Okay. And I love that. So that was, so was it Rockwall Ele- Elementary School? Is that what it was called initially? Yeah, yeah. Okay, and then Rockball Intermediate School, which was fourth and fifth, and so yeah. you were the principal. Now that was back in the fifties. Oh, okay. You know when I so I took the intermediate school, and we kept it for uh, seven years. Okay. I believe we uh, we were building Rochel Elementary. Okay. That was out in the country then. Yes, ma'am, it was. So I, was, I opened uh, the open, the uh, elementary school Okay. then. Okay. And then I taught there, I think, about seven or eight years. Okay. And in the meantime, we were, build, we were uh, building Reinhardt. We were growing okay. so fast. Right. And so I knew that I took that challenge. Oh, wow. And I opened okay. Reinhardt. So after opening wow. the intermediate school and <laughs> the uh, Rochel. Doris' fingerprints are all over Rockwell ISD to this day. She was at the front lines of education in this area, starting with schools left and right. As fate would have it, the former fourth grade student, Shelley Bennett, reunited with Doris after graduating from college. And then I was fortunate enough, as um, years went on, I became a teacher and came back to Rockwall after graduating from Baylor with my education degree. And um, Mrs. Collins hired me to help open the school with her, and I was a fifth grade teacher there at Reinhardt Elementary. So yes. um, she was wonderful. She was such a great mentor to me, mm-hmm. and I uh, always felt welcome to come in and talk with her and 
um, help me plan and help me um, just become a, a good educator or a strong educator. Um, I did have a student that year that my heart went out to and many people's hearts went out to this young man. He really came from a very troubled past and um, as a first year teacher didn't know how to deal with a lot of the things that he was going through mm-hmm. and things that he would do in the classroom. And so she was very instrumental in helping me um, sort through that and be um, empathetic and mm. and sympathetic to his situation. And um, I really needed someone like her at the yeah. time that was strong, but yes. also uh, nurturing and yeah. helped me to know that I was still valued as a teacher. Yeah. She ended up having to remove him from my classroom probably mm-hmm. mid-year. Um, and take him to a more experienced teacher, um, just because it was it was quite a struggle. Yeah. But um, she never made me feel like that I had failed, wow. and wow. she always made me feel like I was doing a great job. And yeah. um, I will always be so thankful for her. Yeah. What an awesome administrator to have the wisdom to to know how to deal with something so difficult and know exactly how to make you feel good as a teacher and confident as a teacher to continue and you're still doing it today. As Doris and I reflected on her years in education, she smiled knowing that people's lives had been forever changed. And now you have a school named after you. Right. That was a shock and a thrill. (laughs) Yes. Isn't that wonderful? And all those students uh, that you get to affect with just your, your name and your, expertise and what you've given to the community and we thank you for all of that it's you were my principal (laughs) when I was when I was at the intermediate school and my husband so thank you so much yes I'm still teaching today and I think back on Mrs. Collins quite often and just the the great legacy that she has left in, in teaching and the role model she was for so many of us here in the Rockwell community. So yeah, um, we're grateful. Very for thankful her. for Miss Doris Cullens. Today, Doris Cullens Elementary School serves about 700 students each year. It's a place that many children call a second home, just as I did when fate led Mrs. Cullens to be my principal. Thank you for listening to this episode of Kava the podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and that you will subscribe, download, and share this on your social media pages and with your family and friends. If you find yourself in a desperate place, it is our desire that you would be able to borrow hope from those who've gone before you and shared their stories. They have exemplified the meaning of Kava, learning to wait during difficult times to find an eventual positive outcome. I can't express my gratitude for my head writer, Rebecca Gray, and audio engineer, Meredith Douglas. I would not be able to do this without you. For more information, please visit kavathepodcast.com. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day.